0: Welcome to the Be Disciples Podcast with your hosts, Kyle Morris and Dakota Smith. This is episode number 62 as we start our third season. We're now in episode two of that season, going into the book of Acts, which we're really excited about. How's it going, Dakota? It's going
1: pretty well. It's a Monday morning here. We're sitting in our office. We've got much done uh, today. We're looking forward to a new week. Uh, His mercies are new every morning, and His mercies are new every week as well. Uh, So... It's been a busy, very, very busy time in, in church ministry and uh, looking forward to this next coming month where we can slow down a bit and focus on some things we really want to work on.
0: Yeah, I think April was just event heavy, you could say. We had a lot of stuff to do mm-hmm. rather than plan and ex- and getting to the point of execution. There was just a lot of execution. Uh, we went to a conference to, together for the gospel conference. We, uh, yeah, we just had a lot of stuff going on, being out of town. We even adjusted our schedule to to make more time for our families. Um, you know, we try to do a lot of moving around to for that purpose. So, yeah, we're in a new month though. It's May, and it uh, I'm excited for. Even though I'm, I'm excited for all that we did, I'm excited for the future. I'm excited for more planning, more learning, more growing. And uh, not to slow down in those areas, but to slow down maybe just in uh, events and extra stuff in different areas, like on the weekends, you know, things that can get overwhelming at times.
1: Yeah. Well, hey, with that being said, let's just jump straight into prayer. We're going to go after a shorter episode today. We're going to be in Acts chapter 1, verses 9 through 14. And um, I think maybe it'd be good just because you know we've just started the series at least to read the first 8 verses and after we read it then we'll we'll study the verses of 9 through 14 so let me open up in prayer and then we'll dive right in father thank you for this time thank you for each of our listeners we just pray that this would not be done in a going through the motions type of way help us not just to do this to do this but um, to really hear the Word of God, what you have to say, and for us to glean from the Word. I even pray right now for Kyle and I, would you please help us as we listen to your Word and we read your Word, help us to be filled by it as well. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: So, Acts chapter 1, verses 1 through 8, do you want to read it? Sure. All right. Starting in verse 1. The first account I composed, Theophilus, about all that Jesus began to do and teach. Until the day when he was taken up to heaven, after he had by the Holy Spirit given orders to the apostles whom he had chosen, though to though to these, sorry, he also pre- uh, presented himself alive after his suffering, by many convincing proofs, appearing to them over a period of forty days and speaking of the things concerning the kingdom of God, gathering them together, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem but to wait for what the Father had promised, which he said. You heard of from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when the Lord, uh, so when they had come together, they were asking him, saying, "Lord, is it at this time you are restoring the kingdom to Israel?" He said to them, "It is not for you to know times or epochs which the Father has has fixed by His own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you." And you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and all of Judea and Samaria and even to the remote part of the earth.
1: Yeah, this is the initial scene to the book of Acts. And I think one thing that we discover in the first eight verses is really Jesus' commissioning of really what he wants them to do. He wants them to be his witnesses all throughout the earth. Um, This is Jesus in resurrected form speaking to them for 40 days on earth. But now we get to verses 9 through 11, which is really the ascension. Here's what it says about the ascension. And after he had said these things, he was lifted up while they were looking on, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And as they were gazing intently into the sky while he was going, behold, two men in white clothing stood beside them. They also said, Men of Galilee, Why do you stand looking into the sky? This Jesus, who has been taken up from you into heaven, will come in just the same way as you have watched him go into heaven. So, just stopping there, that's really going to be, I think, the heaviest focus of today, verses 9 through 11, the ascension of Jesus. Uh, Kyle, do you have any initial observations, initial thoughts, even just things that you're noticing, not even necessarily application points, but... Uh, looking at the ascension of Jesus. This is a famous passage. I always think of Acts 1, through 9-11. It used to be my old email account uh, back in high school because I love this passage so much. I didn't fully understand every component of what it meant, but it brings me back to the day when I first got saved.
0: Yeah. No, I, I definitely, you know, this is one of those those times not too many people Went from being on earth into heaven in the way Jesus was doing it, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? It, we we do see that in Scripture, uh, the ascension into heaven uh, without death, uh, more than just than just the time of Jesus. But this is a special time because this is a resurrected Jesus, mm-hmm. and we have all the disciples there, the apostles. Uh, they're they're with Jesus. They've been with him for a little bit uh, post resurrection. And now he ascends into heaven. I mean, they watch literally Jesus surrounded by clouds, mm-hmm. which... The Shekinah glory of God. Yeah, which we've seen in other places in Scripture. We see clouds surrounding the presence of God and mm-hmm. on Mount Sinai. And so we we know that this is something that things like this have been seen. But for them, they haven't seen this. They haven't seen someone ascend into heaven. And so they're just watching in amazement like... There goes our Lord. <laughs> there he goes. <laughs> and they're just kind of mesmerized by what's happening.
1: And it's it's kind of unique because after he died on the cross and they were still a little bit, you know, in the gray as to what was going to happen next. You know, they had never seen anybody resurrect from the dead before. So there was like maybe a lack of certainty after he died. But it's interesting that Jesus is now doing this right in front of them, letting them know, hey, I'm actually leaving this time. I'm not going to be back until I return on the clouds. I'm leaving on the clouds. I'm returning on the clouds during my second coming. Earlier in chapter one, remember the disciples asked, is it at this time you're going to restore Israel? I think when Jesus, and we just had a sermon on that this past Sunday, when Jesus returns, he is going to restore Israel. He will come on the clouds. Uh, But in this passage, you see that the same way he left is the same way that he returns. I guess one thing I never noticed before was how immediate he was lifted up into heaven after he commanded them with verse 8. You know, verse 8 says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit's come upon you. You'll be my witnesses. It's interesting that that's the last recorded word of Jesus. And then right away... Now he ascends. It's not like there's any other preparation for it. He says these things, and there he goes. That's unique. Mm-hmm. The last words of Jesus is really a, a commissioning of what Christians are supposed to do before he returns again in the same way that he left.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think it's important for the way that this went down for the disciples and Jesus' ascension, right? He Before, when he died— <laughs> They like freaked out, right? They went into hiding. Uh, Peter denied him three times. Uh, they were so unsure of what to do. Uh, they 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 were they were scared, confused. Even though Jesus had taught them about what he was going to do, they were still so unsure. They still just didn't quite comprehend the work that Jesus came to do. So the fact that he was resurrected, which is is one of the most important things in scripture that Jesus is actually resurrected but then he spends time with him for 40 days on earth and they get to ask questions right? They get to uh, do a little bit more discipleship before he leaves. And he leaves in a way with some instructions, right? To go and make disciples of all nations, wait for the Holy Spirit, wait in Jerusalem. He he gives them instructions on what to do next. Mm -hmm. And I think that really helps the apostles as they then launch into the beginning of the church and establishing the church. So I think it's important that Jesus left in this way because he will also return in this way, coming back down yeah, well,
1: and I'm reminded of the words in John chapter 16, verse 7. Jesus said, It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper, whom we know as the Holy Spirit, will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. Um, Jesus must go so that the Holy Spirit can be sent. The Holy Spirit's being sent to and dwell each and every believer. To carry on the ministry that Jesus is commissioning, I think that's um, pretty significant.
0: Yeah, and I think also in in the same vein of him ascending into heaven, you know, Jesus could have, I guess, just disappeared. Yeah. Right. It could. Well, that communicate. Yeah. <laughs> then it'd just be like, where would Jesus go? Right. But where's the, the purpose? But they actually saw him ascend into heaven. They yeah. were gazing up at heaven. Mm-hmm. So they know where he went. He's not missing, right? Right. They're not like, where did Jesus go? What do we do now? They know exactly where he went because they watched him go there. Yeah. That's important that the disciples watch Jesus go exactly where he said he's going to go. He's not lost. He's right where he said he was going to be, right where he said he's going. And then they move forward knowing where Jesus is and what was promised to them.
1: There's an application piece there, too, because if they are confident that he's sitting at the right hand of the Father— which really shows a completion of his work, Hebrews chapter 1, right? Mm-hmm. Unlike every other priest in the Old Testament, he sat down. Jesus has sat down at the right hand of the Father after having made sacrifice, a sacrifice, the sacrifice, for everyone's sin. Um, if I'm in the midst of difficult ministry, if I'm in the midst of persecution, and if I know that he's still on his throne, maybe even in the midst of you know, worldwide events, sometimes we like to say, well... I know where my God is. He's still on His throne, and that's true. We just have to guard ourselves against a uh, kind of that being like a slogan that we use or a banner statement that we know is real, but we don't experience the peace of it.
0: Right? We've got to be able to apply that. Well, the peace of it should drive us to something Mm -hmm. to To, obedience, to do what He to do what He told us to do. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So we we then see. Continuing, they're gazing up, right? They're watching Jesus go. And all of a sudden there's these two men, you know, angels. Um, some would, you know, some would point to to maybe Moses and Elijah. Elijah. Yep. Um, because they
1: were with him on the Mount of
0: Transfiguration. Right. But they pretty much are asking, hey, why are you, why are you standing here gazing up at heaven? Isn't that unique? <laughs> yeah, why are you looking up there? You know, which is the question, well, stop looking up there because you know where he went mm-hmm. and start doing what he told you to do. It was almost like that you now have the confidence yeah. of knowing where he's gone. He's now given you instructions on what to go do. Now now that Jesus commanded you to return to Jerusalem, go to Jerusalem mm-hmm. and go tell people about him to the ends of the earth. That's now your job. And so it's almost like that, you know, we can and we do worship God. In the sense of praising his name and and looking up at the sky and and, and praying and all those things. But there's a response that comes from that, yeah. right? We, yeah, we worship God. We know where he is. We know where Jesus is on the right hand. But it, it should command a response mm-hmm. from us. The way that we live our lives should be a response to knowing where Jesus is instead of just... Well, I'm just gonna focus on God. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna pray all the time. I'm just gonna worship all the time. I'm gonna go to church all the time. But but you don't actually go and tell people about Jesus. Right. Like you're missing something then because you're missing the command of Jesus. Yep. You're missing the great commission. You're missing the whole thing that He wants you to do in believing in Him. Mm-hmm. And so we can't miss out. We can't just gaze and be in wonder, which we are, but there's a response to that wonder. And we need to make sure that we go and be disciples of all nations. That's what our podcast is about. You know, we want to uh, be disciples, and we want to make disciples, right. and we do that because of this. Right? Jesus said, "Go," and so, of course, we love God. We 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 look around at the wondrous things that He's created. We
1: and what He's done for us in salvation,
0: right. and we keep that all in our hearts, and we know that but we know that that should drive something, and it it is the works that we do for him in obedience to him, not to save us, but in response to salvation.
1: A thought that I just had is like, heaven seems to be this place of intrigue because they're staring up. Mm -hmm. If you saw heaven, would you not be intrigued as well? Well, how many conversations have you had about what's heaven going to be like? Right. They're fun conversations. And and he did just say, I go away to prepare a place for you in my Father's house or many mansions. If it weren't so, I would have told you. So Jesus has said that, and they're looking up, and understandably so, and yet it's the the two who are clothed in white that are saying, why are you looking up? You need to look out horizontally as far as you can. Mm-hmm. What's the last thing Jesus said? Go to the ends of the earth. It's almost like you're intrigued by heaven, but that's not that doesn't need to be your focus right now. Your intrigue needs to be the places you've never been with the gospel. I'm just now catching that. That is incredible. Why don't you be intrigued about the horizontal rather than the vertical right now? God has you here being intrigued about the ends of the earth rather than your intrigue about heaven.
0: Right. And and, and they continue, right? They say, you know, this Jesus who has been taken up from you into heaven will come in just the same way as you have watched him go into heaven. So we know he's coming back. And yes, there's a part of us that is always looking. When's Jesus going to return? When's Jesus going to return? I can't wait for Jesus to return. But in the midst of that thought— there should be an urgency. Yes. Because when Jesus returns, how much more time will people have? Like we got to tell people now about the gospel. We can't wait till Jesus is coming. There's an urgency. There's an urgency right now. now because there won't be there's not an unlimited amount of time. Right. To come to know Jesus. Yeah. You have your life or his return. Yeah. Like your life is is not very long yep. and we need to make sure we tell people the gospel. So in view of heaven, in view of the second coming, our urgency should be to share the gospel. That's right.
1: Um, some other things here on verse 11, maybe you'll notice in some of our notes together, but uh, we don't necessarily receive information about when Jesus will return, but we are told in this passage how he will return in like manner. Uh, so, First of all, how does he ascend? Well, he ascends physically, but he's going to come back physically. He also ascends visibly. He's going to descend in his second coming. He's going to return visibly. He left from the Mount of Olives, and then verse 12, what we'll read here in a minute, tells us that um, the disciples, they left the Mount of Olives, so that's how we get that information. But Jesus ascended from the Mount of Olives. He's going to return on the Mount of Olives. Um, He left in the presence of his disciples. He's going to come back in the presence of his disciples on earth. He left blessing his church, and I think he's going to come back in like manner. I think his church is going to return with him, blessing his church in the millennial reign. So these are a lot of wonderful truths that we have to look
0: forward to. Just as he left, so too he will return. So why why shouldn't we uh, pitch a tent on the Mount of Olives? (laughs) Yeah, because right. he said go to the ends of the earth, not right. the Mount of Olives. Exactly. Yeah. So we shouldn't be pitching our tent anywhere That's right. like the Mount of Olives. It should be going out and making Ooh, sure everybody knows. Kyle's so. about to preach. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. And we preach in this
1: office here, y'all. Well, with that being said, let's move on to verses 12 through 14. Matthias is appointed to replace Judas in this scene. Uh, we're not necessarily going to see this in the verses 12 through 14, but this next section at large, the rest of the chapter, we'll deal with that. So that's where we're going to get to in our next episode. For now, let's just close out today's short episode with verses 12 through 14, and we'll conclude with some of our final thoughts there. We're trying to shorten this for you all so that you can listen to it more readily, and then we can get it out on a weekly basis. Verse 12, Then they, the disciples, returned to Jerusalem from the Mount called Olivet, that's the Mount of Olives, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey away. When they had entered the city, they went up to the upper room where they were staying, that is, Peter and John and James and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus and Simon the zealot, and Judas the son of James. These all, with one mind, or maybe you could say with one accord, were continually devoting themselves to prayer, along with the women, and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. This is less supernatural in nature, but still very important. Yeah, it is very important. Um, you know, one, they listened, right? <laughs> they went to back to Jerusalem, they back like they to were Jerusalem. told. Yep. Uh, That's where you start. You start yeah. in your
0: Jerusalem, and then you branch out. Yeah. And then they went back to where? The upper room. Mm-hmm. So the same place. Right. I mean, essentially, I mean, I don't know if it's going to be the exact same as the, as the Lord's Supper that they. No, I think, they, I think there's a it, great possibility that, that it's possibly right. The same person that they knew that they got this upper room mm-hmm. from.
1: This is their meeting um, place.
0: And and so they meet there to pray. We see that you know I don't know if the significance of the list here, but Peter, John, and James are the first three listed. We know that they are extremely the the closest uh, to Jesus throughout his ministry, right? Uh, kind of the most inner circle of his disciples, right? And uh, we will in verse fifteen see Peter stand up uh, and and continue from there. Yeah, but they're all praying together. But not just the not just the apostles, mm-hmm. but there's also some women there. Mary, the mother of Jesus, and Jesus' brothers. Yeah. Well, in
1: in some translations would want to add the disciples' wives uh, in the fold of those women. It's not a sword to die on, but nevertheless, it just shows that there's a general company of the faithful who have been meeting together in this month and a half since Jesus has resurrected. And they're now looking to be obedient going forward. Yeah. Right.
0: Yeah, and there it's it's great to see. Here's an example. And then, again, the apostles sometimes aren't they're the they're a good example of what not to do throughout the gospel. But here's an example of them being obedient to Jesus, mm-hmm. doing exactly what he says and instead of rushing off, getting busy with whatever like hey, I'm going to go tell people this. They listen to him, they stop and they pray. We need to pray. We need to know what God wants us to do. We need to wait for what He's telling us to wait for. We're going to continue to be in prayer. We're going to continue to be with each other. And I think that's that's uh, just a good place to really start, right? As followers of Christ, we come together on Sunday right, to pray together, to huddle before we go out. And that's what's happening here. They're coming together. They're praying. They're huddling before they're going to go out, because they're going to go out. Yep. And they're going to start doing some ministry, but this is the place where they come to together to encourage one another to hear from the Lord, and it's just a good example for us to follow, that we should always be in prayer before we go and we do things, that we should be seeking the Lord.
1: Yeah, two last things here is the type of prayer. It says, these all with one mind were continually devoting themselves to prayer. It's the idea of supplication or earnestness in prayer. Um to our detriment, sometimes we seem to pray short prayers throughout the day, but how often are we together with believers? Maybe you're listening to this podcast and that's actually more of your real experience, but in America, uh, we are, are so distracted by the events and the physical things and the material things that it's, it's rare to see believers on their knees praying in earnestness and intimacy with one another. I just, I imagine... You know, they're not sitting down for like five minutes and just saying a few prayers. They are on their knees praying devoted prayers of supplication. The Lord is hearing them. And then one last note that I have is that the disciples are seen making three decisions here. Uh, One, the disciples are obedient. Two, they're in fellowship. Three, they're in prayer. I think with obedient lives, lives of fellowship with others, and in lives of earnest, devoted, faithful prayers, God will send people out, and God will do something great. That's even convicting for me. We need more of that.
0: Yeah, no, and that's a uh, that's a good point to end on. Uh, that we just need to we need to for one we need to gather together in fellowship, we need to be obedient to the Lord, and we need to be together in prayer. Um, so. You know, pray on that this week and be encouraged by what scripture has told us today. uh, Whatever day that you're listening to this on uh, and keep at studying the word. Thank you so much for joining our podcast. This is the Be Disciples podcast. And if you just want to support us by liking uh, our episodes, liking our podcast on whatever platform you're listening to, that just helps us get exposure for sharing the gospel. We do this for the gospel only We just want people to know God's word. We hope that we can help equip you in your ability to disciple others. And we pray that that's what you are doing. Have a wonderful week.